Hello and welcome to the Intentional Grounding Fantasy Football Podcast. My name is Noah Downs and I am your co-host here with Luke Bisson, who is also a co-host. Together we co-host. How are you doing, Luke? I'm great. That's the rumor. Oh, that is the rumor. But it is, not, it is not confirmed. No, no not yet. It's, it's, it's too early. It's too early in the offseason? Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, that's kind of like training camp. Yeah. I tell you. The great thing about training camp is that during training camp, you get to really find out some stuff about these newly drafted rookies. For instance, you find out that they are all God and will be replacing all of your favorite players. (laughs) That is so true. (laughs) Um, I don't know if you've heard, but apparently uh, uh, Tony Romo's out and Dak Prescott is just going to – he's in. He's good to go. See, I thought that there was a, a tweet from like 2012 that uh, kind of like set this all up. Yeah? What was that tweet? What was it? Uh, I'm tired of taking up for Romo. Yep. Pretty sure that's how it all happens. Quote Dak Prescott 2012. And frankly, you know, he's right. Tony Romo is just a bad quarterback. Um, yeah. You know, he's just terrible. He's just awful. And I wonder how many Dallas fans are getting upset thinking that we're serious right now. I know. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, I think the best player in this entire rookie class is Teron Beckham. I, I, would, I would have to agree with that. I mean, I know he hasn't played since high school, but those abs. But dim abs, though. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And, uh, frankly, it's his lineage. It's in his blood. He's, he's got them Odell Beckham skills. Um, <laughs> and he is currently my... One o o. I take him before Zeke. One o o. My one o o. Wow. Well, no, I'm joking. I don't like Teron Beckham. Yeah. Um, I I'll take Teron Beckham in a 32 team league in the fifth round. I've seen him go 60th overall so far in one of my uh, uh, one of my rookie drafts. Oh really? Yep. 60th overall. Yeah, I'm building a a spreadsheet for all of uh. All that fun stuff. And yeah, he went 60th overall. Speaking of that spreadsheet, so does that mean we're going to be able to allow our listeners to have some ADP data? Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, by the time, I will, by the 25th of this month, I will have 12 rookie drafts done. Oh, that's a lot of rookie drafts. And I think yeah. that means we have some very reliable ADP. So listeners, yeah. you get to look forward to that. Luke is taking care of you in a way that I cannot. Because Luke is in more leagues than all of us combined. (laughs) I also wanted to thank our listenership, everyone. Um, As of this past Tuesday, which is the last time I looked, so yesterday, uh, Intentional Grounding has been listened to in 311 cities and 10 countries worldwide. Wow. Yeah. So I don't know what y'all are doing, but... We're popular, and frankly, I think we're the prettiest girl at the bar at this point. Oh, only if you buy me a drink. Ah, only if you, only if you buy me one. God, have you seen yourself lately? <laughs> anyway, so, <laughs> but yeah, folks. Um, so thank you very much, your wonderful listening fan base. Uh, the Grounding Nation is what I'm going to start calling you. Is that good? Can we call them the Grounding Nation? I, I like it. Okay, cool. You're the Grounding Nation, folks, and thank you very much for being our loyal listeners. So our show today. Um, there's not much news to go over because everybody's just basically listening to all the news from rookie minicamps, and it's exactly what you expect to hear. 
they're just grooming these rookies' egos so that they can shatter them later when they actually enter the league. So there's not much substantive news. I think I heard that Seattle really likes C.J. Proceis, mm-hmm. and um, shocker, Zeke's good. Um, so moving on, our main event for today, um, we're going to go out over like the first two rounds of rookie draft. And you might say, okay, Noah, wh- what are you talking about? Every other podcast in the world will do a mock draft. It's just people sitting there and taking picks. And I get lost about eight picks in about whether we're on the eighth pick or the twelfth pick. Well, guys, we're not doing that. What we're going to do is we're going to go through and tell you where the different tiers are. Um, and so we're going to examine where there's a drop-off, where you can mine for some value, and we'll explain why. So Luke and I have slightly different ranks, but we kind of break it up in the same area. Don't you agree, Luke? Yeah, I do. I, th- I think we all basically have it set. Uh, like uh, the first one's basically its own, and then after that, you you know you have your three wide receivers, which we actually differ a little bit there. But we for do. the most part, you have uh, you have Yeah. So uh, yeah, you know you know. So let's let's get into them. We'll see what we got. Yeah. So folks, um, here we go. We're going to go ahead and go into these tiers, and afterwards, we've got a little bit of a mailbag segment. That'll be really informative. So, without further ado, let's talk about the rookie draft. So, if you have the 101, you have the top layer of this wedding cake. Um, you have Ezekiel Elliott. He is the bride and the groom of this uh, of this draft. He is incredible. He is on a tier by himself. He might as well be on the cloud. Um, if you've ever watched Dragon Ball Z, you know they sometimes travel on clouds. And mm-hmm. that's Zeke Elliott flying above everyone else. Yeah, by a great distance. I mean, he was up there at 101 and in that tier on his own beforehand. Um, it's not like last year where there was a girly and Amari Cooper. Uh, a girly Amari won. Cooper? Well, yeah. No, you know, As opposed was, to a manly Amari Cooper? Uh, well, you know, there's rumors. <laughs> but you, know, you, had, you had Todd Gurley and you had Amari Cooper, and they were kind of interchangeable at times, which I never felt that personally. I, I, for me, it was Gurley all the way. But... Um, this year you didn't have that. Treadwell did not have it. And, you know, I mean, there was Coleman and there was Doxon in that conversation too. But for me, none of them, you know, really ever manifested that on par with Elliot, you know, aspect. So for me, it's, it was Elliot to begin with. And then when he landed in Dallas, he just kind of took, he took off booster rockets and all. Not only did he land in Dallas, he landed in Dallas at the fourth overall pick. Right. So everything you want out of a player, he's got opportunity, he's got a great landing spot, he has draft capital, and he was my number one talent on the board. So um, win, win, win. Yeah, and I will point out, um, guys, you know Zeke's good, but I want to make sure credit is given on this podcast where it's due. Luke was the first person to point out to me that Nobody has really said anything bad about Ezekiel Elliott throughout this entire draft process. Right. The only thing that you heard that was a sort of negative on him was his comparison of different style compared to Todd Gurley out of last year. Right. But more so in that it was almost like a backhanded comment, Mm -hmm. or sorry, a backhanded compliment about how his blocking, his pass blocking, was already so much better than what Gurley was. So even, even that right there wasn't really a negative so so uh, if you have the 101 congratulations you have Ezekiel Elliott and you don't do anything with it we'll get to that later um next tier of um Luke has the wide receivers three 
I have the wide receivers four. Luke, mm. would you like to explain a little bit about the wide receivers three? Yeah. Uh, basically, for me, uh, I have three uh, wide receivers, as do a lot of people, that are close enough together that you can kind of like pick and choose which one you want in which spot based on your scoring format uh, and stuff like that. For me, it starts out with Treadwell at the top, which is a very – I don't want to say it's contrary. You know, it's, it's, it's contrarian, I guess. Because a lot of people that enjoy the metrics and everything put Doxon or Coleman ahead of him. But for me, I see his high floor of getting a lot of receptions, being that possession receiver to a quarterback that you know really can't fling it down the field, as creating uh, his value in that, in that way. Whereas with a Doxon, he's going to have, you know, a, he's going to be a red zone threat. He's going to be... Uh, hopefully the heir apparent to whenever Garcon or or Deshaun Jackson leave, but until that happens, you know he's the wide receiver three who has to depend on getting stuff like that. And Coleman, you know he has a great landing spot, but he's coming in with three other receivers, four other pass catchers, and so we have to wait to see how all of that irons out before I can be like sure he's going to be the true number one and we're good to go. Not to mention Josh Gordon. Yeah. Yeah. So, did you mention Doxon? I did. Okay, good. So, my wide receivers, I I kind of agree that those three are in my top wide receivers, but my second tier of players also extends to Sterling Shepard. I think it's the wide receivers four, so I'm breaking up your three musketeers moment. Mm -hmm. In addition, I disagree with the order you have these people in, Luke. Okay. Um. And it's personal. I want you to take that personally. Oh, I do. I do. Um, Good, 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 good. I'm trying to find where I put this. Okay, good. So, I have... um, I have... At the 102, I have Coleman. At the 103, I have Treadwell. The reason I switched the two... um, I I believe in Coleman's ability a little bit more. It's very, very close for me. I think Treadwell's going to come in and be the number one. I think Coleman's going to come in and be the number one. I just think that Cleveland will have a chance to, if RG3 is not the answer, Cleveland will have a chance to get a player at quarterback who really can take the reins there. Um, Because they're not going to shoot up to the top of the division this year. It's just not going to happen. Um, so I, I think that Coleman in the long term is good. I think he's also so shifty and so good. He's going to be great in the short term, especially if he's able to have a Baylor connection. Now at four, you have Doxon, and you left Sterling Shepard out completely. And I'm I'm upset about that because I think Sterling Shepard is is higher than Doxon. I have Sterling Shepard at four and mm-hmm. Doxon at five. They're still in the same tier, though. Um, I, I believe Shepard is not only going to get more opportunity um, year one because there's there's no other receivers there besides Odo Beckham that you're really worried about at all in, right. on the Giants. And also, Odo Beckham is so good, he'll be drawing double coverage every single time. And Odo Beckham is going to be on the Giants for his entire career because they love him that much and they will pay like crazy for him to keep him there. Mm-hmm. So Sterling Shepard, for the entirety of his rookie contract, is going to be the number two to Odell Beckham's number one. And Odell Beckham is going to allow Sterling Shepard to flourish. And he's got a Super Bowl winning quarterback throwing to him. 
Okay, I, I get that. Uh, my my main thing behind it is the uh, uh, three wide receivers that I have in that tier. I place there because in the next two to three years, all three of them should be wide receiver ones. Uh, where Sterling Shepard, his ceiling in that offense is going to be wide receiver two. Right, and I, I think that that's a good point, that on, on paper they will all be wide receiver ones, but I also think that Sterling Shepard will return you wide receiver one numbers at a wide receiver two um, label. Okay, uh, that's fair enough. I, yeah. I, I can see it. It's definitely possible. Uh, if he's able to get the underneath stuff, you know, or if he's able to get the, the over-the-top stuff, you know, if he can become that Robin to Odell Beckham's Batman, I absolutely agree that he had the potential. The sky's the limit. Yeah. Um, but, you know, you have to see what happens. Exactly. So, and I guess you can see where this goes. Josh, Josh Doxson comes in at five for me, mm-hmm. rounding up my wide receiver four. I do like Doxson. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that he is a little bit buried on that depth chart which will be resolved after one year um, it could be resolved this year you know it could I, be. I, i've heard rumors that you know you're looking at it and stuff uh pierre garçon could be on the outside looking in and then i've also heard a few takes where it's actually going to be jackson but the dead money involved with jackson is way too high for my liking right so but i i do think that garçon will make it um and so I think the Docs will be on the outside looking in. That is not to say, you know, Dynasty is a long-term game, mm-hmm. but I there's just so much talent there between Jackson, Garcon, and Crowder, and they love Crowder there. Oh, yes, they do. So it's it's a crowded field in terms of talent, and I don't know where Doxon falls on it. He's talented, but so is Deshaun Jackson. So is Jameson Crowder. So is Pierre. Song. Right. The, the one thing I think that uh, that also hurts Doxson is that he is an outside receiver. Right. Exactly. You know, it's, it's not like you can pull him in to be your possession receiver on the inside through the slot or anything um, because, you know, they, they don't have that ability. He's, he's That's not his game. Right. So I, I, do, I will I say just, he does give them a, an interesting red zone threat, but Jordan Reed takes that role too. Absolutely, you know. So that's another thing. He's gonna have. I mean, you have Jordan Reed there. Uh, isn't Crowder a red zone threat at all? Crowder is, uh, you know. Yeah, yeah. I guess you could say that. Yeah. I, I mean, that's when I would watch some of the film from last year. That's that's. I figured that's who he was. Yeah. So uh, it's just that I don't know if Doxon will give you the production over the the length of his career that mm. Shepard will. That's why they're in the same tier. But I do have Shepard one spot higher. All right. So moving on to our third tier, now that we've talked about all these crazy wide receivers, um, why don't you give an intro? Because I really like how you phrased your description of this tier. Um, okay. Well, although you and I vary dramatically in this tier. Oh, okay. Well, that's good. Well, for me, this tier right here, players that should shine in a year or so and have little issues, and well, should have little issue in getting that quality time on their teams. Right. In terms so of basic, practice time, working with <clears throat> ones, etc. Right. You know, these are teams like, for example, I'll go through my uh, five real quick. Uh, we already touched basically on Sterling Shepard, so we can bypass him. But he's number five. Number six for me is Dixon, and the reason why he's here for me is because even though he um, is going into a muddied backfield. You know, four sets 31, you're not going to have any issues seeing him rise up. I mean, he's a, I feel that he's a better all around back than Talia Farrell and Buck. 
Okay, both of those guys are not what Dixon is. I mean, and getting Dixon in the fourth round of the comp, his compensatory pick was so huge for Baltimore. I think that they're going to just let him play the uh, second fiddle to Forsett until Forsett kind of just stops. Until he falls apart. Basically. you know, And then you've got uh, Derrick Henry at number seven for me. And honestly, I think he's the heir apparent. You know, I, I feel that they took him um, uh, you know, because he was the best on the board at that time. And uh, it made me scratch my head because of DeMarco Murray and everything. But DeMarco Murray, um, except for his one year in 2014 with Dallas, he's, you know, not really healthy. He got lucky there, and they ran him into the ground in Dallas. Right. So what's to say that, you know, they're not going to share it this year, and then next year when he hits an easier way to, you know, easier hit on the cap for dead money, they will try to trade him or, you know, whatever they have to do to give Henry his shot at running the ball. Uh, then you've got Michael Thomas, who I think fits in nicely as, the, as basically a replacement for Colson. You know, you're going to have that inside guy. Um, it's going to be interesting to see how he goes forward with, uh, with Drew Brees as his quarterback. Um, and I'm a little concerned about how he will do once Brees is gone. But that should be two or three years away. So in, in the interim, you can sit there and get some pretty good PPR production almost immediately. You know, he'll, you know between him and Cooks, it's going to be uh, raining balls in New Orleans. <laughs> <laughs> and then, <laughs> That's horrible. You should rephrase that. Oh, well. <laughs> uh, and then my last guy in that tier is Devontae Booker, and that's just because I personally feel that he's the best running back on the Denver offense right now. I know they just signed CJ for four years, but he's going to bypass Hillman by the time the year starts. And if you remember last year, CJ was uh, doing so poorly about halfway through the season that people were saying that Hillman was actually doing better. And I feel that you're going to hear those same chirps coming out this year. And I, I, I think they're going to try to trade them off in the off season. Yeah. So your, that's your tier three. And just to recap, it's Shepard, Dixon, Henry, Thomas, and Booker. Yep. Um, so this is where we differ. Your okay. tier three is five players. Mine's mm-hmm. seven. Oh, Okay. Um, because this is about where I start to say, hey, maybe I can trade back a little bit. Um, and I, I know you probably think that too, but this is a big trade back for me because my 5 through 12 go, uh, well, not 5, my 6 through 12 go Fuller, mm. um, who isn't even in this tier for you. Right. Um, and I think that Will Fuller is going to be a Beast in Houston across from Hopkins. See my Sterling Shepard argument. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, at 107, I have Booker where you have him at 9 because mm-hmm. I think he takes that job sooner rather than later. And he also provides uh, some much-needed punch on wherever they need him. Um, 108, I have Michael Thomas. You and I agree there for the same reasons you have him. 109 is Dixon for me where you have him at 107. So you and I flip-flopped. Booker and Dixon. I, I just don't like the look of that backfield between Buck, Taliaferro, Forsett, and now Trent Richardson too, plus Dixon. It's not, he doesn't count. He, he counts. He's on the team. 
Um, <laughs> they have something like nine running backs right now. Yeah, but it's not that I don't believe in Dixon's talent. It's just that I don't believe in Baltimore's ability to make the right choice yet <laughs> without a lot of tape. Okay. Um, and then after that, I have uh, my 110, I have CJ Procise, who is also not in this tier for you. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, he was he was he was really close though. I I like what they're talking about and what they're doing with him out in Seattle. They love him in Seattle. That is the training camp word, <laughs> as I mentioned. And at eleven, I have uh, I, where did I go? Oh yeah, I have Paul Perkins at eleven. Mm, um, okay, I just like Perkins. And I have Tyler Boyd at twelve because Cincinnati is going to use him for everything. See my Sterling Shepard order. Apply it to AJ Green, take it down a notch, add returns. Okay. Um, so yeah, my tier three is is long and wide ranging. This is kind of the area where it gets muddy for me after my top five, which is Zeke and then my four wide receivers. I'm looking to trade in this area if I can pick something up for it because I'm happy getting any one of these players. Right. And I mean and I'm honestly in the same boat. Uh, you know, if let's say that at number five I can get Shepard. At one oh five I can get Shepard. Or what if I could trade down to the one ten and pick up like a two oh one or two oh two along with it? Mm-hmm. I'd much rather go one ten, get Booker, and then sit there at like the two oh one and get a Will Fuller or a Leonte Carew, that kind of thing. Right. And see, the difference for me in between the biggest glaring difference between your rankings here and mine are that Derrick Henry is not there for me at number mm-hmm. seven. He, um, I'm hoping that you take Derrick Henry for me there at number seven because I don't want him. I don't want him anywhere. Um, Tennessee does not know how to use their players. They don't know how to use a running back. And Derrick Henry is going to be wasted there. So I think you're waiting for his next contract. Okay. Well, spoiler alert to all the um, ADP stuff. Uh, in a super flex PPR league, he went ninth overall. In a standard league, non-PPR, he went fourth overall. In just a regular PPR league, he went sixth overall. And then also, again, in another PPR with IDP, sixth. You know, so, I mean, so he's kind of tearing right there. The question is, is he doing it because that's what the pundits are saying? Or is he doing it because that's where his value actually is in this draft? Right, and I think... Um... I, I, I think that that's probably good for me because that means that I don't have to worry about him. <laughs> no, no, absolutely. And I don't know, honestly, he's, he's at seven for me, um, but I would much rather not touch him. Um, I would rather go and get, you know, I, I, w- I would rather take a, a, a Dixon because I guarantee you at picking at seven, if I have the seventh, uh, Dixon's still going to be there. So let's move on to the next tier, and this is what, and this is tier number four. Mm. Um, for you, this tier is a smaller tier; it's a four-man tier. But honestly, right. for me, um, and if this is about on my board, tier number four starts about the two hundred one, two hundred two, okay. and it's a two-man tier for me. Okay, so this is where I kind of catch up to you. Right, this is exactly where you catch up to me. Okay. Um, so, yeah, so for me, this group right here is the group of guys that they have slightly bigger issues to overcome than what the tier before had. Whereas I feel that Booker on talent alone will be able to rise to the occasion. Um, these guys here may need a little bit of help 
to get to that point. And this tier right here is a little, um, it's a little gray area. So I'll be the first to admit that there's probably, I could have tossed a couple of these guys up into that tier, but or into tier three. But I feel like it, it's going to depend on a mixture of things happening to get them where they need to go. Uh, at number 10 for me is uh, Carew. And I, the reason why I like Carew's talent, you know, pre-draft, he was my wide receiver four in this draft. Right. Um, I remember that. Yeah, placement, you know, his landing spot changed all that. His opportunity or their lack of initially, you know, what it looked like, it was the same thing. But I think right away he's going to bypass stills. I'm not worried about Kenny stills at all. So what we're looking at here is we're looking at uh, Landry, who is what, one or two seasons away from going, uh, you know, no longer having a contract in Miami, and then you've obviously got um, Devonte uh, Parker. Parker. Yeah, Parker. <laughs> for some reason, Walker was stuck in my head. Like, no, it's Devonte Parker. I see so a Parker there, and so, but he's still, you know, showing what he can do. So I feel that I feel that there's going to be a space for him to jump up. It's just it's going to be a question mark of what's going to give to make that happen. Right. You know. Then then I next I have CJ Procise, and the only reason he's there is because I guess he could easily have gone up into tier three. Well, that's exactly where I have him too. You have him at eleven. It's just that for me, eleven still in tier three. Right. Well, and the, the distinction for me though is Procise. It's really going to depend what they ultimately do with him. You know, because as of right now. You know, all the all the news and the noise coming out of camp is that he's you know he's doing something and they like it, but he could he could be anything from a return man and stuff like that to just a third down back. I mean, you know, with the information that we don't have on Rawls, if he's, if, he, if he's even doing anything from his injury, we know nothing about that situation, and it's so muddied that his floor could be really low in year one. And so that's why I have him there. Um, and then you go to number 12, which is Fuller. You know, Fuller for me, I, I do like him. I think that he's going, he's going to have a great opportunity. You know, I, I just I want to make sure that he capitalizes on it before I buy into him and make it that. You know, I, I don't, I don't want to sit there and be like, oh, he, he's just automatically going to be that deep threat that they need. For, uh, Nuke to have so that Nuke can just be a, uh, a possession receiver. Well, who else are they going to throw it to? Well, absolutely. <laughs> I'm not saying that they're not going to throw it to him. It's just that I don't know if he's going to be able to transition and become that at the next level. I don't know that yet. You know, whereas yeah, I, I, I feel better about Michael Thomas and the role that they're trying to set up for him in New Orleans based on the reports. Plus, you um, know, I also know that you've studied Wolf Fuller's hands and you know he catches like a freak like it's not well, like a good kind of freak he catches backwards yes it, he does and, and I, but i think that uh, i think that's something they can work on with him you know and i would expect it to get better but when people try to relearn things from how they do it naturally you know it, it's it's not always easy so you could see that turn into a, a reclamation project that could take time or it could mess them up completely. So right. there's just things in the way. And then my last guy here is Boyd, and that's basically just because I know he's going to be a return man, you know, and he's going to give you points if you get return points in your leagues. Um, but I'm just I'm, I'm a little concerned initially how they're going to use him as a possession receiver to keep the ball moving. You know, it, it, basically it's, it's semantics at this point. But 
because of the questions I have in Boyd, he's also down for me. You know, well, he's he's also a return guy. Well, that's what I said. But but if you're not getting return points in your league, you know, then that doesn't help you. It, it doesn't matter, Luke. He's a return <laughs> guy. I'm kidding, by the way. Um, so yeah, for me, for me, yeah, I kind of, I mean, it's just a matter of semantics, really. For me, <clears throat> here for is two players. Mm-hmm. Um, it's Carew. Okay. Who comes in at the 201 for me, which is 13. And then um, it's Keith Marshall, who comes in at my 14. Uh, Carew, I, everything you just said, it's um, it's not a matter of, uh, of if he's going to get the opportunity. It's just what else is going to fall so that he does get that chance. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I really do believe in the guy's talent. You had me convinced, and I wasn't a believer to begin with. <laughs> um, but now... The Keith Marshall thing is a little weird because I'm a Redskins fan, and um, I, I, uh, everybody's like, "Whoa, don't you like Matt Jones?" Well, no, I don't like Matt Jones, folks. Um, I don't like him at all. Traded him away in a few leagues. Uh, I think that he has fumbling issues. I think he has injury issues, and I think his head's not in, not in the game enough. Um, Keith Marshall is going to be good. Uh, I he was a first rounder for me before the draft, and. I think that Washington's really going to enjoy having him there. So, for me, at this area, I'm targeting Carew and Marshall. If both of them are gone by the time we get to the 201 and 202 um, in a 12-team league, that is the 13th and 14th overall, I'm trading out because that means my Tier 4 is gone. Unless, of course, that means that somebody up above fell down to there, in which case I'm like, oh, hey, awesome. Mm-hmm. Well, when it comes to uh, when it comes to Marshall, my only concern going forward versus Matt Jones and that is Matt Jones was a top 100 uh, as far as like being drafted in the top 100, whereas Marshall was taken uh, 242nd overall. Now, didn't a wise man once tell me that that is a f- uh, fallacy argument in terms of oh. running backs? Well, that 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 yes, that, that and honestly, I I totally believe. I was just trying to be contrary on it so that well. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> Why don't you explain that for the listeners real quick? Oh, well, actually, uh, tomorrow I'll be putting out a uh, um, uh, a little uh, five oh, snippet, so we'll tomorrow, get that out tomorrow. Wait, tomorrow we are releasing something called Grounding on the Go, Episode 2. Is that what you're telling me? I am. Oh, so a uh, little segui, folks. Segway. Um, <laughs> segui. Segui. So, um, everybody, just to take a quick break in our tier discussion, uh, we have started doing something called a, called Grounding on the Go. Uh, it's a five-minute uh, talk where Luke or I just takes a question, takes a topic. Sometimes it's mailbag, sometimes it's not. And talks for about five, maximum of six minutes about it. And then releases it to the masses, that is you guys. Um, so keep an eye out for that. It's something fun we're doing. I did mine while I was taking a walk in the park yesterday. So you did not miss your cuckoo clock or your train sounds. Instead, this time you got bird sounds. Um, of the birds chirping and singing at me while it rained on my head. <laughs> so look for that. Anyways, grounding on the go, episode two tomorrow, Luke. So moving on. Uh, after tier four, which is the two hundred two, um, and this is referencing exactly what I said in my grounding on the go episode one yesterday. Segway. It's segway. I don't want any of the players that are falling. I don't care enough about any of the players that are falling between the two hundred three and the 301 to draft them if I can trade out of it. I okay. will trade them straight up for a second round pick. I will 
um, I'll move back. I'll do whatever I have to to gain value because none of these players falling in here, I don't believe, are worth where I'm drafting them. They're all third-round picks. And okay. there's a bevy of third-round picks in this draft, but only so many actual third-round picks to use on them. So this is kind of where you take over because for me, my Tier 5 takes me up to the 301 Okay, it's okay. through the 301 because I don't care about any of these guys. So talk to me. Just real okay. quick, run through these tiers. All right. Well, I have two tiers left on mine. I have uh, the 20. Uh, that would be 202. That's where uh, Tier 5 starts for me. Uh, 14 overall is Paul Perkins. Uh, this whole entire tier, uh, let me preface it with this, is uh, a tier where they have to wait about a year. And I figure it's just because they have to figure out what their backfields are or they need to figure out, you know, whatever. Uh, and one of them is also the first quarterback and only quarterback that I have in that area. Um, looking at it, Paul Perkins is 14. I think that he's going to be able to take over in that backfield. You know, you're going to have uh, Rashad Jennings. He's going to be gone. You're going to, you know, his only real competition is going to be Vereen. Yeah. I, um, so I see that he's going to be, I, I would think that he'll be able to take over the lead role and have Vereen be that complementary role with him actually catching. So I, I think that when that happens, you're going to see Vereen's value actually drop due to lack of use. Uh, Jordan Howard is the best running back in Chicago. Uh, Langford, I mean, they tried signing C.J. Anderson there. Uh, it never happened. You know, but there were already there was already things in motion to make something happen, and Jordan Howard comes in. I think he's going to be able to supplant and then eventually just take over from Langford. And Kadeem Carey is not an issue either. Uh, and then finally, Keith Marshall. I think that he's going to be able to come in uh, and eventually overtake Matt Jones as the starter. He's what did I just athletic. say? I, I know. I know. <laughs> it's all right. I know. Uh, number 17 for me is Goff. He's my only quarterback, and that's only because I feel that he's going to be able to start this year, and he's the type of quarterback uh, that is good enough and smart enough to be able to be thrown to the wolves and survive. Okay. Um, he's then, looking really good in training camp, but so is everyone else. So is everyone else. I mean, yeah. I mean, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, and then finally in this tier for me is Malcolm Mitchell. Now, he would be much higher for me as a wide receiver if he went anywhere else. My concern and the reason why he's this far down is because New England has this affinity for taking guys and then trying to get them to play the way that they want them to as, as opposed to taking the strengths of the player and making it work around, you know, around that player. So if he can go there and he can you know, hit exactly what they want and he's successful doing it he's going to be great but like every other wide receiver they've taken in the draft lately from your dobsons your kimball Tompkins, they didn't use they didn't utilize them how they should have right and because of it they're they're middling talent at best and so that could happen here as well well i'll tell you there's only one guy in new england that i care about gronk dj foster dj <laughs> Yeah. See, now, he's versatile enough where he actually, that actually plays to his benefits. Because, I mean, he could be a running back or a wide receiver. Right. He, um, he, he's currently listed as a running back, but they have him lining up in the slot and uh, running also in their running back situations. So, 
They got him doing a lot. Anyways, that's not on this list, though. We'll talk about that later. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, I'll finish up with this. What I did with the last part of it, uh, 19 through 25, I went into the 301, basically. Uh, This is a tier of guys that they could branch out over the rest of the draft. They're just guys that I'm trying to target and get because I feel that their talent is better than where they're being drafted at. Right. So this is this isn't so much a ranking but later targets. Right. You know, because be, honestly when you get past Malcolm Mitchell, I mean I had to stretch to choose Malcolm Mitchell at 18. Yeah. You know. So you're at this point right here, the floor has fallen out. You know, you're all you're trying to do at this point is figure out who you can grab before the draft is done, you know? And so for me, 19 is Jonathan Williams, you know, and it's only because he's the third man right now in Buffalo. Uh, He's going to sit there for a couple of years. Honestly, if you could wait a year, maybe two years and grab him for cheaper than what you could have gotten him here because he's sitting there. Uh, Number 20 for me is Karis Garrett. I love Karis Garrett. He's a, he was a UDFA, but in, but he went to Carolina, and he's going to be catching balls from yeah. there. Yeah. So I think he is exactly what they need out there. And, in, and oddly enough, in all of my leagues right now that I have gotten to the point where I could take him, I have him. Oh, really? He is my number one um, uh, obtained player, Second, um, uh, and then second is crew. Mm-hmm. Uh, next on the list is next on the list is Braxton Miller, and that's just because I'm not a big fan of guys that switch position and go. You know, like CJ Procise is one thing, because he's going from a wide receiver to a running back, DJ. and that's uh, <laughs> not on this list. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so CJ, I think Procise can do it no problem because he's going from that wide receiver role to a running back role. But right. when you have a um, a Braxton Miller who is just like a Joshua Cribs from, you know, days of yore in Cleveland and everything. Uh, it, they transition only so far. I mean, Joshua Cribs was never, a, you know, a wide receiver. He was a return man that happened to be out there every once in a while and caught a ball here and there. Yeah. Um, so I don't think Braxton Miller, is, he's not high enough for me to take it, but if he's sitting here at 21, I'll take a shot at him. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I want next, you to, this next guy. Uh, I want you to skip him and come back to him. Oh, okay. So I'll skip 22. Uh, 23 is Tyler Irvin. Uh, For me, Irvin, the reason why he's on my list is because he is a pass-catching running back that's going to supplant uh, uh, Lamar Miller in Houston. And I feel that he's going to be able to come in and give breaks to Lamar Miller. He's also a nice safety net to have if you have Miller because Miller has never been put into a situation where he needs to be the guy running a huge load. Right, because he's only ever ran a full load in like twice or three times in his career with Miami or something like that. Exactly. So to have his basically to have his backup sitting there at such a cheap spot, it's you know it's basically you're just waiting for it to cash in on it. I mean, all it takes is one injury, and all of a sudden Tyler Irvin is part of an offense you know that is pretty potent he was in your top five running backs wasn't he before the draft uh before the draft no i wanted you know for me he was i want to say he was my number eight oh that's right top 10 top 10 okay 
Uh, the next one, 24 on my list, is Kenyon Drake. And this, to me, is more so because of draft pedigree. Yeah. I mean, he was taken in the 70s. Yeah, he was the third running back off the board third directly after to... his Alabama teammate. Exactly. You know, so with that happening, there has to be something there. Now, it's a huge question mark. I think I, it made me scratch. One of the biggest moves done by a team was that uh, Miami doing that made no sense considering what they have coming next year down the pipeline. Uh, hold on, hold on, hold on. You think that that was a bigger, doesn't make any sense move than trading up to get Aguayo? Well, I mean, Tampa Bay just does weird things. That's true. Okay, I mean, continue. <laughs> both Alabama um, uh, running backs went to odd situations. You know, I mean, Henry walked into a timeshare. Yeah, so. True. <laughs> oh, excuse me. And then finally, my last guy on this list of 25 is Sharon Peak. And I like him a lot because he's going to go to, you know, the Jets and everything. He's got a good. Uh, He's got a good ability and everything, and he can come in and take over for like a marshal when he's gone. Now, what this does, though, is for me, anyways, is it kills Devin Smith's stock if peak hits. Yeah, I, I don't actually think Devin Smith had much stock to begin with. He, I, I feel that he had more than what showed. The problem was, is he, he, that poor guy like injured himself. Like he, he was Mister Glass. Yeah, <laughs> you know, I mean, punctured his lung. Ugh, it was, it was awful. Yeah. All right, so we wanted to go back to my uh, number 22? Yeah, go back to number 22. Everybody, number 22 on Luke's list is a guy that I'm really intrigued by, and I think you can get him late in your drafts, and he's a great target. So go for it, Luke. All right. It's uh, Daniel Braverman. Daniel right? Braverman. He came from a, a college that's two hours away. He's from a braver man. <laughs> well, yes. Uh, he uh, He's basically going to be the guy that makes Eddie Royal – no longer relevant in fantasy. I see him stepping in at the slot position for Chicago. You're going to have Kevin White out there. You're going to have Sean Jeffrey, and you're going to have Braverman here sitting here cleaning up You know, from the slot position. I, I think it's a great spot in a PPR league. It's wonderful because he's going to see so many targets. And uh, I don't, you know, to me, he's when looking at the list, and when you're looking at the fourth round, and his name's still there, it just it just pops. Yeah, it does. I love Braverman, and he's somebody I'm I'm trying to get later on in my drafts. Yeah, I mean, yeah. It's, it's, but anyways, though, from 19 to 25, all those guys, I wouldn't take them in the second round. But these are guys that I'm trying to trade my second rounders for a pick later in the draft and a corresponding. 2017 draft pick so you know for example if i'm trying to trade my second i am trying to get another 2017 second along with a third or fourth rounder from this year yep cool we're right. in agreement so everybody just to so you how know how to use these and luke is going to go ahead and post these on our website after the podcast can you do that luke i can all right cool um we didn't talk about that beforehand so <laughs> um how you use these is it's not necessarily uh, this is the order you draft them in. You should develop your own ranks. You should kind of take what we what we say into account when you're figuring out if you like a player or not. We always recommend you do your own research. But if, for instance, you fall into tier three, oh, well, that's an easy one. If you fall into tier four and a tier three player is still available, target that player. Even if they're not that high on your board, 
because at that point the value has gotten to where it's a good value. Um, and so that's how you should use this. Also, if you're in a particular tier and you can get a chance to trade back, if you're trading back within the same tier, like the same range, you can use this to um, make sure that you're getting the same value and picking up extra value on the way. Absolutely. Yeah. So the last part, and use these wisely, folks. With great power comes great responsibility. Um, that was that also copyright infringement. I think it is. I, I, I'm pretty sure it's Spider-Man, so it's cool. Also, uh, just a heads up, folks. If you want us to have, based on my grounding on the go mistake yesterday, which you will go back and listen to, um, we are considering making T-shirts that uh, say Wookie Draft because instead of saying Rookie Draft, I said Wookie Draft. Um, <laughs> Star Wars reference, in case you live under a rock. And uh, <laughs> if you're interested in such a T-shirt, please let us know. If we get enough interest, we might go ahead and design one. Um, uh, just, yeah, send us a message. Uh, anyways, moving on. So we received a wonderful question in the mail, and I wanted to make sure that everybody understood that this is a great question and got our advice about it. Um, are you ready, Luke? Oh, I am. Here we go. Good morning. I got this this morning. I love the new Grounding on the Go podcast. Thanks for the plug. I wanted to fire a question over to you that I've been going back and forth on. In my contract slash cap dynasty league, I hold the 101 draft pick this year. Mm -hmm. I also have the 104. I've fielded a few offers and have narrowed it down to a few offers that include picks next year. I think the best offer I currently have is Kevin White, the 105, and a 2017 first-round draft pick for the 101. The second-place uh, offer he's considering is two 2017 first-round picks. I'll mm -hmm. go ahead and roll that out for you. Okay. Considering worst-case scenario is that the picks end up being late first-rounders next year, I just want to get your opinion on how Zeke stacks up against next year's running back class. Thanks, Robert from Dayton, Ohio. Thank you very much, Robert, for writing into intentionalgroundingff at gmail.com. What was that, Luke? That's intentionalgroundingff at gmail.com. And we're happy to answer your question. So, your main question really kind of centers around, um, there's two aspects here. One, do we think that Kevin White, the 105, and a 2017 first is enough for the 101, which is Ezekiel Elliott. Um, and also, how does Zeke stack up against next year's class, which will help you value these players? So the first thing I thought when I saw this was, oh, well, basically you're getting offered three 2017 firsts, because, mm -hmm. or three first-rounders in general, because you've got last year's first-rounder in Kevin White, and right. he's age-insulated. you got the 105 this year. And then you've got the 2017 first. That's three firsts for Zeke, which on its face is about what I'm looking for if I'm trading with Zeke. So that sounds good. Mm -hmm. I totally agree. Yeah. Last year for me, um, uh, White was the 103. And at this point, I see no reason why his value shouldn't at least be around the 103, if exactly. not higher. So you're looking at the 103 from last year, uh, which, you know, is from, you know, honestly, I would take White 102 in this draft, but only behind Zeke. Yeah, me too. So you're looking at basically getting the 102, the 105, and then a 2017 first. Uh, as long as that first is a top six, I mean, honestly, it's just, it, that's just cake. So it's just icing on the cake. So I mean, so if it's going to be a top ten, I make the trade. 
if it's top six, top five, you know, whatever that way, that just makes it so much better because you're going to be able to get uh, something, you know, on par with Zeke, probably a little bit under, and we'll get to that part in a minute. Uh, but you'll get something on, on in that range next year. Right. So what I what I want to tell Robert is, Robert, I generally assume that when I'm trading for 2017 firsts, that they're going to be late. And that being said, I have four 2017 firsts in one league, and mm-hmm. I just assume every single one of them is going to be late. I know they cannot all be late, because at least one of them is not going to be late. But you should assume that when you're trading for them. Um, so moving on, I think the word on the street before the draft, and Luke will discuss this in a little bit, was that Zeke would be about the fourth running back off the board uh, next year, and even the wide receivers in this class wouldn't be at the top of the list. They'd be somewhere near the back, and some of them might not even... That top four that you and I discussed, Luke, might not even make it into the top 12 next year. Um, However, when we're looking at the 2017 class, you got to remember, these kids are right now might actually be at their highest value because between... Uh, in potential injuries and drops in production or just stumbling blocks along the way, these these players are going to lose value. So while there might be 12 2017 players that are first-round picks right now, it might narrow down to eight. Mm. Um, so any, any of the players we're coveting in next year's class, running backs or whatever, might not get to the point where Zeke is. And also Zeke is unique in that none of the next year's class will be drafted to the Dallas O-line. They will not be running behind the Dallas O-line, and none of next year's class will also be drafted fourth overall, I assume. Obviously, it could happen, but it's very highly unlikely. Right. So at, for that, Zeke is extremely valuable. Um, I think, and Luke, you weigh in just a second, but for Robert, I would tell you, Robert, if... The trade for White 105 in the 2017 first is about as close to fair value as you're going to get for Zeke because that's three first. Although you're giving up the theoretical best player in the deal, if you're a confident contender, meaning you know you're going to make the playoffs, and you're just kind of trying to get that extra push, I would just take Zeke and run. Mm-hmm. But if you're unsure about whether or not you're a contender, or if you are a rebuilder, um, I would take the trade and go ahead and kind of expand your options. Right. I mean, like, it's, let's go by our numbers here real quick. You're looking at getting Kevin White and then either getting, based on our rankings, uh, Sterling Shepard or Josh Doxson. Yeah. And then you're going to have a 2017 first that, you know, you're going to have two if you still have your own as well. So you're going to be able to sit there next year and be able to get another top five wide receiver, whether it's Juju or even Corey Davis, and then you're going to sit there and you're able to get one of the guys, whether it's Fournette, Chubb, or Dalvin Cook. Yeah. You know, so I, I, the trade sounds good as long as you can be patient enough for it to pay off. Right. Uh, that being said, uh, when I when looking at next year, uh, the aforementioned players, uh, Fournette, Chubb, Delvin Cook and maybe even McCaffrey, those guys kind of stand in a tier at the top. For me, it's Delvin Cook to start. Um, These are but, running backs, just for Sorry, everybody. yes, yes. Uh, the running backs coming out in 2017. Uh, Delvin Cook out of Florida State is my number one right now. Uh, I feel that he 
could easily be the number one coming out next year, but that's because I'm not a huge fan of uh, Fournette at the moment. I feel that the hype is better or bigger on him than what's deserved. Mm-hmm. I'll look at Derrick Henry. Um, I feel that until we know how Chubb is going to come back uh, from his uh, injury, that he's kind of it's kind of difficult to put him up at the peak. But he could, you know, if he comes back and he's, you know, he's fine, which uh, I, I don't, I don't want to go that far. But if, you know, if he does, you know, he could easily take over. So I mean, Delvin Cook, he has his own injury history between his ankles and whatnot. But he would be number one. And then it's probably Fournette, Chubb, and then McCaffrey. And I would put uh, Zeke probably oh, – man, I want to say – it is. It's, it is tough. I think that he could be mm-hmm. anywhere between two to four. You know, I, and that's if, if Chubb was perfectly healthy. And is that two to four in the running backs alone or two to four overall? Overall. You know, I, I feel that um, uh, if Chubb is healthy, Chubb is number one. Delvin Cook is number two. Delvin Cook is number two. The thing, though, is this. You know, he's got an injury history, too. It, I think that coming out, what really helps uh, Zeke stay so high is his experience with pass blocking. Exactly. All the aforementioned stuff. Right. You know, that's going to keep him on the field and everything, whereas, you know, you may not be able to get that out of a four net. Right. So... I, I really like what you said. Basically, if he's a contender, if you if you bought this pick, you know you can. Yeah, if you if you purchased the one hundred and one, right. But if you earned it, if you earned it as being like you know the worst team in the league and everything, and you got the one hundred and one, um, I would definitely do this trade. Yeah. So if you are if your team stinks, then do the trade. If your team is going to make the playoffs, don't do the trade. Take. Zeke and you know ride him to a championship because that's right. what you'll get. Right, you know, and a lot of my teams, how I have it built, is uh, I will go wide receiver heavy in the startup, and but I'll make sure to get one to two solid running backs throughout the draft uh, that I can you know hold on to, and it always ends up being where the missing piece for me to have a championship run is either my RB two or my tight end. Right, I get that. So if you know, so if you trade it in to get Zeke, and I mean, this is the run, get him, <laughs> get him and run. <laughs> so so I, I hope that helped you out. Yeah, I hope that it helped you out, Robert. And for anybody, thank you for writing in. For anyone who has any questions, please email us at intentionalgroundingff at gmail What's that? It's intentionalgroundingff at gmail You can also tweet us. Uh, my Twitter account is. Uh, at grounding ff luke is at intentional underscore g that is at grounding ff and at intentional underscore g folks as we're going through this rookie season luke and i want to offer this service to you so for the low low price of free luke and i (laughs) can't beat that (laughs) luke and i will give you an instant analysis on your draft so if you're stuck between two or three players uh go ahead and tweet at us uh, using tag both of us in it. That way you have the best chance of it being seen. And um, tweet at us the players that you're looking at, any scoring quirks such as PPR, return yards, whatever, mm-hmm. um, and how many teams. Just a short, terse text. Um, and we will pick one of the players for you and say this is where we would go. 
That way, if you are stuck between some players, as we all are, especially if you're in your awkward second-round range, mm-hmm. um, we can go ahead and give you some advice. Uh, obviously, we won't be able to do this at 2 in the morning. But during the day or you know, a reasonable hour, um, we're both on East Coast time. You, you're on East Coast time, right? Yes. Okay, cool. We're both on East Coast time. Um, we will take care of it as quickly as we can and try and give you as, as fast a re- reaction as we can. So make sure you take advantage of that. We are here to help. Um, we want to add that extra little bit of value for our listeners. Absolutely. I, I, I'm looking forward to it. And I know that uh, I have a lot of guys already coming to me and uh, other mediums asking me for uh, for thoughts and everything on their draft. So uh, I am one of those. Yeah, you are. You are. And you and come so, to me as well. Uh, and that's and that's how it works. That's that's why it's nice that there's two of us doing this, not just one. Exactly. So, um, <laughs> so yeah, folks. Uh, remember, if you want to get in contact with us, look on Twitter at intentional underscore g at grounding ff or email us at intentionalgroundingff at gmail Luke's always writing articles for the website, which is intentionalgroundingff.com. Yeah, and those, uh, by the way, that uh, that uh, one article is now officially up on site. Good, 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 man. So um, uh, thank you guys very much for listening uh, and look forward to checking out our Grounding on the Go podcasts. I am Noah Downs. And I'm Luke Bisson. Talk to you all later. Have a good night.